when you make the person, <laughs> like you just got it. Hey, folks, thanks for tuning into the 12th episode of Brown and Out, the podcast that gives voice to LGBTQ people of color in Vermont. Picking right back up where we left off on part one, this is part two of our conversation with Billy Miles and Mercedes Mack. And just all these people were like, oh, thank you so much for that. You know, I, it's the, I'm thinking, really, you like needed a permission slip <laughs> from a black person wow. to figure that out? Well, people don't want to do it wrong. I know they don't want to do it wrong, but like... Why would it be wrong to say, oh, and this one woman said, well, what would I say if a real live black person asked me why I put this black woman in my collage? A real live black person. (laughs) I said, well, what would your answer be? Would your answer be like, because she's beautiful, Mm because she supports the images, the, the, the spirit of what I'm trying to do? I mean... There's lots of answers. Why Why do you feel like you have to have a prepared Ooh. statement? And I was like, I, I answered Did you tell her the right answer, though? Did you tell her? <laughs> yeah, what's the right answer? <laughs> Here, let me they email let me it down. to you. Yeah. Right. Also, I'd be like, and that's going to be $90. <laughs> or some new glue sticks or whatever y'all are into. <laughs> or some new glue sticks. I like that. But I was just... I. You know, it's like you were saying, like, all you realize that other people are doing or mm. you th- what you think is true. Because I guess I thought people didn't think that way, you know? And just like, okay, well, y'all have the permission. So now I guess hopefully I, accept to see, I expect to see some stuff posted that has some diversity <laughs> in it. I'm coming after you. <laughs> I think there's, like, a big narrative right now, though, of, like, cultural appropriation and how do people... Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. She said, I don't want to claim it. So, well, I think what you're claiming is, is that shit is beautiful. Yeah. And also, that kind of reminds me of, like, an AA thing. Like, you can't claim it. Like, you're not powerful enough to, like... It's not all about you. Like, you're... You just you can use it, but I but I definitely understand. I mean, I feel like for the collage, it's okay. There's lots of other things that I would not. I'd be like, yeah, don't wear that. <laughs> like you might as well just like leave that alone. <laughs> but I'm like collage. I mean, okay. I, I don't necessarily think I feel like it's cultural appropriation to like use um, beautiful right. melanated images in the work that right. Especially if it's like like now if you're like doing some weird shit with the images right, like right don't like no thank you but exactly you're celebrating our natural regalness then mm-hmm. okay then sign me up yeah so yeah that that thing about um coming into identity or or feeling more um yeah maybe it's it's that moving out of that place of trying to take up as little space as mm-hmm. possible. Maybe now I feel like at this late stage of my life, but still just, you know, pushing yeah. back the edges a little bit. I'm like, excuse me, I was sitting there. Oh, <laughs> no. I mean, you gave that to me. I, I have no. <laughs> I'm on the side. Like, there'll be... There'll be people <laughs> in the middle of the sidewalk. Just in the... 
And so I do the thing where I'm just like, continue to walk. I continue to walk. Like, they're not moving. I'm definitely not moving. And then, like, our bodies will collide and I continue to move. And they're like, oh, so I'm like, yeah. The personal, where I feel like that's like, I don't even know when that became clear to me to just like be very aware of my personal space. And I also think that I am really critical of myself. So I'm constantly like monitoring everything about myself. So I feel like those two things combined, I'm like always on the lookout for like how bodies are moving in space and how my body is moving in relation to other space. And then when I, and I don't usually like bump into things or people. And so when I do, I'm like, (gasps) you know, it's like this really big deal for me. I'm like, how did I fuck that up where I wasn't like paying attention to where my body was in space and someone else's, Hmm. someone else's body. But Um, other people can afford to not really be that aware (laughs) of their actual space, like their physical space, of the space they take up with their ideas and their thoughts. Mm -hmm. And their words. That otherwise could be taken up by people who maybe really need that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rewind that, play it back. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Um... Do y'all want to talk about CBD? <laughs> this is terrible. Because <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's this kind of, I had it written down because I thought, I think it's interesting and it's um, kind of a hot topic. It's in the zeitgeist. I think the last time we spoke, it was brought up. Go figure. Um, but no, it sort of, it reminds me um, of also what you're talking about now, I think with about how, um, all right, some people in society are constantly made to be um, aware of how much space they take up in a negative way. Mm -hmm. It's always too much Mm -hmm. for some people. And then other people literally take up a lot of space in all the different ways that um, can be taken, um, but they have no sort of (laughs) awareness of it, Mm -hmm. right? I think it's interesting, and I just want to get your take on this little bit of um, the CBD, which is like, Mercedes, can you help me? Can you just tell the folks what, someone who may not know what, like, I'm talking about, um, I'm going to go down to the store and get myself a CBD treat for the uninitiated, whoever they might be out there in podcast world. What what is that? Um, I feel like stress. I'll try to answer that question but CBD is from the hemp plant and it has many properties I feel like it's I want to say like okay I can't because I don't know for sure I'd have to look it up like the words anti-inflammatory like antioxidant are coming to um, mind and I'm not sure if that's true but it's a hemp derived yes it can help extract with like um, anxiety or like if you have trouble sleeping or like aches and pains and I'm super down for plants, like, and it's really interesting to me to see, like, certain plants come up and, like, take the world by storm. Mm. Like, say, was it, um, like, I feel like that's happened with, like, ginseng. Did you see hemp coming? Never saw it coming. <laughs> Never saw it coming. So years ago, there was a store downtown called The Hempist. Mm. Those people saw it coming. Mm-hmm. They're gone. That store is closed. Mm. But. <laughs> yeah, they did see it coming. <laughs> they were like, yeah. Because that was the first time I was like, hmm, hmm. 
What is this hemp thing? Right. Yeah. What is this? This is gonna. This is gonna be something. It might catch on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were ahead of their time. Yeah, they were. Um, so I hope they're somewhere like. Sitting doing, on a million dollars. Yeah, doing something. Um, but I can't fuck with CBD. Personally. Personally, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think, I mean, I hear a lot. It's very helpful for lots of people. Yeah, and basically gives you a body high, right? That's yeah. <laughs> you explain, you know, that explicitly how? mentioned that. Hey, well, you don't take it, so you wouldn't know. Well, that. I've taken it, but I haven't felt a body high. It's something the kids say they get. <laughs> the but kids. the... The part that I'm interested in and kind of want to get to is um, CBD is trending right now. Like mm-hmm. these treats, and well, you can put it in, you know, uh, a chai latte. Right, I don't know if there's, right. I heard people do that. Mm-hmm. Um, or a cupcake, you know what I mean? Right, like yeah. Peanut butter, like whatever yeah, the deal is. Exactly. And have like a nice, high, yummy time, and it's very cute. It's like on Pinterest. <laughs> but, um, but when I think about that, I feel like. The next thing I think about is how many people of color um, are in jail on marijuana, like sales Mm. or possession Mm. charges, and just how fucking unfair that is. So, Mm. do you have any sort of take on that? If not, that's fine. Just something I've been thinking about, and I wondered if. Yeah, I mean, I haven't actually thought about it in that sense, and because, like, with the hemp, like, you can't, well, it's not, I don't know what the word is, but it, you can't get, like, high from hemp the way that you can from marijuana. THC, oh, THC, there's no THC. I'm like, what? Like, there's no THC in the, in CBD, and so it is interesting to me that it, that it is like a more acceptable way to like engage with some properties of um, hemp that can like have those body effects for you. But like the other thing, like marijuana, like does have a lot of like stigma and like criminalization tied to it. So it is interesting that there's not like this socially acceptable way to like engage with similar body experiences. But, um, yeah, that's like what I think of when I, that's what comes to mind when I hear you, hear you make that acute observation. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, it's something that I've thought about a lot, you know, in this, to me, in a similar vein, this whole thing with the opioid epidemic, uh, as opposed to, you know, the war on drugs, um, mm. and how now it's sort of um, acceptable because this is happening, you know, in the suburbs and everywhere to everybody. But when it was relegated to uh, black and brown people, it, you know, like, like you said, I mean, they're in jail, um, you know, money for programs and all this other stuff was um, not there. Um, and so there was no socially acceptable way back from being a drug addict, mm. you know. And and I feel like even now when people talk about the opioid problem, they're not saying it, you know. They don't call them junkies or, or, or mm. drug addicts, you know. The, the language is even more pristine or, or you know, prettied up. Um, 
which I find really annoying. And so I, I think it's the same thing about, about weed and marijuana. I mean, now, you know, guys in Colorado have multi-million dollar marijuana farms. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, Tyrone is in jail because he had, you know, five ounces, whatever. I, you know, it's just, it's, the inequity is just, it gets illustrated to us over and over and over again. It's, it's, um, it's very frustrating and, um, you know, maddening. Mm -hmm. And then I come, you know, then it's like I start to get myself worked up. Okay, I'm right now. And then you need need some CBD to come back (laughs) (laughs) But then you have to take a deep breath, and it's like, you know, okay. So that expression, you know, the best revenge is living well. You know, and to me Mm -hmm. that means having a healthy, you know, not, not, dragging myself down in that hole, you mm-hmm. know. So what are the things I can do? Like, you know, I volunteered to help in the library. Mm-hmm. That's something I can do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they were just, and I can stay healthy myself, you know, and I can, you know, love my children and love my grandchildren. I mean, it's, but, you know, when you when you do look at the, step back and look at the big picture, it's just, the shit is crazy. It's crazy. I like I like what you. I mean, I I appreciate the reframe because, like, you know, CBD and weed are different things, mm-hmm. but because they're so close, like, in the plant world, mm-hmm. I think it is cool to like ask people to like open their um, their way of thinking a little bit to be like, yeah, CBD is really cool, and like you're enjoying it a lot. Um, and also, like, look at its, like, cousin plant and, like, the, the thing that it's, like, the ways that, um, it, the impact that it's had on, on people's lives. And also, I mean, and marijuana is, like, also really, I mean, that's, like, a huge plant medicine, a huge plant energy. Mm-hmm. It has a huge, it has, like, a massive imprint on the planet just energetically. It's, like, it's a serious, uh, serious plant that is here to help people, I think, can help people in a lot of ways and also like you know as a person who works with plant medicine there's like a way to engage with marijuana and like like respect it approach it give reverence to it like ask it for things um because otherwise I think it can be like a rocky relationship um but I don't like have that same I don't know I don't really know what it's like to engage like energetically with um hemp or or CBD, I just know that I, like, don't feel well when I eat the, when I, like, take it, or I, like, I get, like, a truffle with CBD, and I'm like, why did I just spend $7 on the truffle that tastes like, like, I don't get those anymore, you know, I just, like, don't, I, like, don't buy any of it anymore, but I do have wonders for myself, I'm like, I should probably, like, get on that money train, like, have some kind of, like, cool, like, CBD product, yeah, like, yeah. or, like, you know, I was thinking about, like, you know, how do you have it, like, at events, or, like, how do you have it? Um, yeah. you know, like it was charged near a crystal or something, mm. um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're like really gonna you're really gonna love it. And then I need like fifty dollars or something, you know. So uh, that's kind of part of what I think of when I'm thinking about CBD. But it is nuts. And then when we were down in um, New York and in Manhattan, I feel like I was somewhere 
or like a Whole Foods or something, and they like it was there too. I was like, okay, so now it's traveling. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's yeah. making its moves. Yeah, Whole Foods—they're not slow. <laughs> yeah, they're they're keen. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on. They, it's really interesting. Yeah. But I'm all for like. I want people to. I want people around me to feel healthy and supported. Sure. Because of them, and also because it makes my life easier. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah. What can you tell us about Instagram stories? <laughs> hey she loves them okay this is funny story so when well i think it is (laughs) when they started it's probably not that funny um and they like popped up at the like so the stories on instagram like they were like popping up on the top of the screen and i was like what is this i don't understand what these little circles are and i clicked it and then it was just like this i like i remember like looking at my phone being like Oh my, okay. And then like the next one would come up, and right. then I was like, "What are these pointless, meaningless stories? Like, what is this pointless video that is just like from whoever, whatever friend that's just like streaming across my uh-huh. screen? I do not understand it. It reminded me of Pinterest because Pinterest is so simple and so straightforward uh-huh. that I couldn't understand it. I try to make everything complicated in my brain, but it was like, no, you really just put, <laughs> you really just. Put this photo on this board, and that's the end. I was like, I kept, someone please help me understand. No, that's it. Stories. You just. Deceptively simple. That's the way. (laughs) He's a friend. He's helping you out. Yeah, so, but I do remember texting some of my, uh, some of my friends and being like, what are these? And Amber Pitch, Amber is a friend of mine from, from growing up here. She messaged us years ago, Nafisa and I, and was like, on a group text, she's like, can y'all please get on Snapchat? My sister and I use it, and it's because Amber lives in Chicago now, and we grew up here. She's like, it's a really great way to stay in touch. And I was like, No. <laughs> I can't download that. Like, I can't have another thing on my phone. Literally, I don't think I can fit anything else on my phone. And I don't understand what it is. Now I do, Amber. I'm sorry. Apologies, Amber. <laughs> and I wish I had done it. Oh, my God. I'm probably going to. Anyway, so. But you can't waste your time in regret. You know what? You're, I do all the time, but. That's, not that's an excellent piece of advice. <laughs> You can't waste your time in regret. But it's so That's fun. True. And endless. I could just go on forever. Regret? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I can literally waste so much time in regret. It is bottomless. Yeah. Okay. So stories, yeah. I also am super into the gifts right now on stories. Have you seen that? No. Listen, what is so that? <laughs> Brown and Out has an Instagram. Yeah. Shout out at Brown and Out Podcast. That's... B-R-O. I'm not going to spell it. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, you can definitely follow us there. But that's like, you know, that's for this. And I try to keep it simple, um, post relevant content, and not get too um, 
into what sounds like some actually really fun stuff. I just don't, you know what I mean? I'm trying to cover stories, people. <laughs> All right. Stories All are right. coming next. Stories are coming. <laughs> Gifts, locations. I love to use the temperature around stories. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> just one second. Temper. Can't wait. Can't also, part of my like excitement and joy about this is because... Um, Virgo is mood, ruled by Mercury, okay. and Mercury is the planet of communication, communication. and mm-hmm. of the internet. So mm-hmm. I'm like, what information exchange? Yes, let's do it. I want, like, I just want to learn and see what people are doing. The story is just another level, another layer of communication available to us. And mm-hmm. it's so fucking easy. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't even, like, sometimes people will post stuff on Instagram with, like, a very long caption. I'm like, you know, I can't fuck with that. I read the first... Guilty as charged. <laughs> so, like, but with the stories, it's just, like, you know, my attention span, my corrupt... Millennial. millennial. I know. It's not bad. Mine, thank you. Attention span is, like, story. Story. I'm like, yes. But then I have to... I have to find myself. I have to, like... Because I can... I can get into it. Because there are gifts. And <laughs> tell us about the gifts. The gifts are dope. These are ones you can choose from? Yeah, or? so Nafisa, who is my day one. I love Nafisa. Um, Shout out to Nafisa. She knows things about pop culture that I don't know. For example, that Prince Harry was... <laughs> the Mercedes. Don't even go there. Please go there. <laughs> no, please don't. Because we, when we were with you last week, remember we uh-huh. met at Scout? Yes. And then we went back. That was the day of the royal wedding. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. Was it the day or the day after? I don't remember. I, I don't know. But we went. So after we left you, we went back to my house. And we were sitting uh, in front of the computer talking, and, and I started Googling. Did you ask me about the royal wedding? Is that how we started? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> I went on YouTube and pulled up some stuff. And so she, she looks at it. She goes, wait a minute. Is she? No, I remember we were talking about, because I was like, there was all black choir. Oh, at that's the royal right. Wedding. That's how we started. Oh, or the I was like, did you see the pastor? Or I don't know, pre. Right. I don't know what you call yeah. him. Yeah, that yeah. man. Yeah, a black man talking yeah. about love. Yeah. And then after I saw that guy and the all black choir uh-huh. and Oprah, I was like, is someone black here? <laughs> like, what? Is there a black? Why are there black things at this wedding? <laughs> so I said. Uh, her mom is black. <laughs> She's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> she, it was the first time she had. So she texted in visa, and she's like, "Did you know?" And everybody that she texted, like, "Yeah, we knew." <laughs> she, and there was one interview where I saw, I like, I saw a picture of the of Megan, whose name I know now, and I was like, "She looks." I was like, "She doesn't look white." She. She looks a little brown. I was like, no, that couldn't be. She couldn't marry Prince Harry. Yep. I said. So what does that mean? What is the <laughs> what is that um what is the symbolism behind that? For is me, there any? Well, no. And yes. Okay. For me but, it was like things are changing. Mm, also, yeah. like I saw a photo of like the wedding like the wedding party, mm-hmm. like the queen and like mm-hmm. You mean Oprah? <laughs> yes, Reggie. It's 
literally precisely who I meant. <clears throat> yeah, I'm just going to stop there. That's excellent. But, like, to see this black woman with her locks and, like, her little nose ring and, like, yeah. an adorable outfit, like, in that, like, royal yeah. uh, family. But yeah. I was like, it's done. It's over. Like, yeah. the world is changing. Like, you're welcome. Yeah. Look at that. It's amazing. Because, you know, the royal family has got to be the whitest version of white, right? And so now, and they're going to have little babies. and world's changing, folks. It's changing. Can't be yeah. neutral on We're a movie everywhere. train. Howard's in. Yeah, say that again. <laughs> can't, he said you can't be neutral on a moving train. Mm-hmm. Howard's in. Yeah. It's a great book if you haven't. Yeah. Shout out, Mr. Zim. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we can't not have a minute, a corner for astrology. <laughs> we can call it um, Astrology Corner. Billy and Mercedes Astrology Corner. And that was a lovely theme song that was just written yeah. on the spot. <laughs> um, yeah, so who, whoever uh, would like to just chat for a moment about astrology and maybe like. This is her thing. It's, that's what you'd say. You don't no. really have too many. Well, I don't have the the knowledge that you do about. I mean, you're into it. I'm. I know, but I'm into it because you were into it. Yes, that's so. true. Okay. All right, you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Um, well, what do you? What's what's in our corner? What's in our corner? <laughs> The stars. So you do, you use um, astrology as a guide, would you say? I would say I'm gonna reference Beyonce's. Oh. I just like I'm what I'm hearing in the word also a Virgo. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm hearing the words "Don't judge me, I'm just human." Because like you know, people have opinions about astrology and like they're like, oh, you know, like a lot of eye rolling. Okay, then whatever, mm. that's cool. But for me, it is very helpful. I don't know if you've heard of the, like, um, as above, so below, as within, so without. So I feel like that very much applies to my life. Like, what does that mean? Like, um, as above. So, like, as the planets are, like, doing their thing, they're, like, the below. Like, us humans are, like, reflecting what's going on, like, planetary. And, like, the things that are going on within me are reflected in how dirty or clean my room is. How often I'm doing my laundry, how clean my car is. Like, if things are, if my inner house is like a mess, like typically around me is a mess. So, like, as within, so without. And you think, and for you, the planetary activity has to do with your inner house, which has to do with your outer house. Uh, Yes, yes, but like, not, not that, like, one plus one plus one equals three. In a more, no, like, but... fluid, like, things kind of all, like, mixed together right. yeah. way. Mm-hmm. But I also have a lot of planets in Sagittarius in my ninth house. Like, my, my Mercury, like, my mind is there. Like, so I essentially just want to, like, consume as much information about, like, mm-hmm. different philosophies um, that I can. So I think that's part of also why I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, you know, Egyptian royalty used astrology to, like, help them figure out, like, decisions to make. And so, since I'm a part of that bloodline, I just get to claim, what's so fun, like, not, like, being part of the African, like, the African diaspora. I'm like, well, I don't know, so I just get to claim whatever I want to. 
I hope, you know, that's just, please, I hope no one's offended by that, but <laughs> this is me as a black woman making choices. Um, so part of that is like, I feel, I feel some connection to, to that. I also did have an Akashic Records reading in which the person told me that I was part of a royal family that used to prepare um, dead bodies for burial, oh. ceremonial burial in Egypt. Wow. I was like, that explains a lot of things about my love of dark places when yeah. dealing with death and hard feelings. Mm. Like, I feel comfortable in that space. We're not talking about astrology, sorry. No, we're not. Um, astrology. It's just the bomb. I'm super into Gretchen Heidel right now. Who's that? Um, Gretchen is a local astrologer, and she posts these, like, moon... What does she call them? I don't want to click on one because then it will play. But, like... Oh, Astro Tidbits, she calls them. And she talks about where the moon is, like, during that day. So this one that's here that I won't click because I'm afraid it'll make noise. Um, she, she's, um, oh, yeah. So the moon is in Scorpio today. Mm. It's continuing to have us question things, probe deeper, mm. solve puzzles, and analyzing. Hopefully we can do some relaxing, too. To help use the Scorpio moon, we'll form a grand water trine by forming a conjunction with Jupiter retrograde and Scorpio and two trines with Venus and Cancer. So it gets complicated, but... Um, she says that this will help us to increase emotion, sensitivity, intuition, empathic abilities, and creativity. This is a time to follow your gut instincts, tune into your heart, and in inner world, a great time to meditate, soul search, and journal. Mm. Yeah. I love it. And in your chart, I thought it was interesting. Whose chart? Your chart. Mine? Mm -hmm. What? So, <laughs> your sun sign is Virgo, mine's Virgo. Your ascendant is Scorpio, mine's Scorpio. Uh oh. And you have a We're moon. We're essentially twins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a moon in Capricorn. And the moon is like um, like your emotional oh, life. Yeah. The sun is like your personality, and the ascendant is like how you appear in the world, your rising sign. And you also have a lot of earth in your chart. A lot of earth and only a little bit of um, water and air and then some fire and like really packed first really packed 10th house which is like the career house Ooh. that's where your sun is that's where your Mars is that's where your Venus is and your um, Mercury which is exciting and it's like not far from the mid heaven, which is like where you shine brightest. Where you shine brightest. Um, and then some stuff in the first house and the second house. And the second house is the money house. And you have your moon there. That's interesting. I don't know if I want that rumor out there. I don't have any money. I didn't say, I just said you have your moon in the second house, right, well, which is the money house. I, I, in I case anybody it. construes it to be. Yeah. I know the way I heard it. Oh, shit. That's anyway. hysterical. And Neptune in the second so, house. I have Neptune in the second house. What does that mean? We should talk. I just got an astrology reading okay. by this amazing woman, Sarah Barrow. And um, I have Neptune in the second house. It's not a comfortable placement, she said, because Neptune is all about dissolving things. Um, so to have Neptune in a house 
the money house where like you're trying to build money, but Neptune is dissolving things. You have to figure out how to work with Neptune about what it wants. And Neptune is about like healing, um, healing the arts, music, writing. And then with your moon there, like the emotional piece, I'm curious about like, like this feels and Neptune, like also like not doing things by like the book, you know, mm-hmm. It's like doing like kind of like out of the box type of thing. So like this feels like kind of Neptunian like second house situation to me. How very appropriate. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. But there's just so like I really don't know a lot about astrology at all. I'm sure like if a real astrologist does it sound like she does know a lot about was it. Listed, I then, would disagree. Yeah. <laughs> then um, they would have you know a lot more to say. But I just I love Scorpio rising people. I'm Scorpio Rising, my housemate Kenzie is, all of my, like, Nafisa, Devin, Amber, and I think Rachel mm-hmm. are all Scorpio Risings. Kiona at work is a Scorpio Rising. What is it about them? Um, what is it about them? Yeah. I, what I love about Scorpio energy is, like, it's kind of like an iciness, mm. kind of like a mysterious, like, you can't just, like get close all of a sudden there's like a little bit of reserve um and I feel that way in my own life and so I think I probably like was just drawn to that with them and then once you like move because Scorpio is like death and sex energy um it's like a big you know it's a big a big energy and then when I think like moving once you move beyond that it's like and they're very loyal and like don't do things in a shallow way they're like they're like really want to go deep into things Mm. which I appreciate because yeah. uh, I can be insecure. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know that you're going to be there forever. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's fun. Yeah. But your chart is really pretty, and it's interesting because there's a lot that's um, there's a lot that's not that doesn't have like a lot of the houses don't have planets in them, and the way that that's been described to me is that um. Like, this is, like, a karmic blueprint that will, like, never be replicated again. You're very important, very special. And then... We knew that. You, like, work your shit out. This is, like, the empty houses. It's, like, not as much shit to work out. And then, like, when there's, like, planets, it's, like, work that shit out. And here, like, you have... Like, mine is mostly just the top portion, which is all, like, outer stuff. So I have, like, um, like, I'm, like, more public or, like, more outward... And yours has, like, the bottom and the top. So you're, like, more balanced in that way. Because <laughs> mine's just, like, totally empty on the... Except for the, that fucking Neptune and the second house. But I'm, but I'm learning how to work with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <clears throat> so... I'm super-duper curious... <laughs> I really want to know, um, it's a question for both of you, um, what do you think black and brown queer culture in Vermont looks like? Wow. Well, so in Vermont, so I came out later in life, I think I was 37, Maybe what? thirty. Wow, 
And when I moved to Vermont, um, so, well, I was probably going to Pearl's before that. I think so, too. Yeah. I don't know. It's your story, but just doing math on my... Right. Well, no, I mean, I was hanging out, um, but I was... It, but me and Ronnie were seeing each other. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, Uncle Ronnie. Um, and so, but when I, when I finally was in a relationship with another woman, um, I felt like, well, it, you know, it was mostly white people. I'm trying to think, you know, maybe on one hand I could count the other people of color that I would see at Pearls all the time um, Pearls being it was the gay bar in Burlington it was yeah Pearls was awesome you should see yeah. my smile I'm just like beaming yeah <laughs> yeah and um, women's dance so when she was little um, I would take her and she'd you know, tear up the dance floor and <laughs> We'd be out there dancing and stuff, and yeah, it was a great place. It was a great place. It was a great community, actually, um, even though it wasn't very diverse. Um, but I did feel like it was a place where I would see other people of color, you know, that week. Well, it's there probably always it, it, there every weekend. Um, so that was so that was cool. Um, but then since Pearl's closed, I feel like, you know, I run into people, and we're all older now, I, some of those people I know are gone, um, but um, I don't know that there is for me a community. I feel like I, you know, through Mercedes, I, I know that there's, and you, for instance, there are people in your age group that um, I think are making connections and seeing each other and, you know, maybe through, like, here, like, at the Pride Center or whatever. But um, I feel more isolated, I think. I don't know where I would go to hang out and meet other people, uh, gay and lesbian people my age, number one, and number two, people of color, you know, um, as well. So I think I feel like I've seen um, my community dissipate and almost Mm -hmm. disappear over all these years. Um, So, you know, we're talking, um, you know, through the 90s, through now, so that, that's, um, that's my perception. That's my experience here in Vermont. Yeah. And it's, um, it's isolating. Yeah, it's a little sad. I mean, I wish, I wish there was uh, something more, you know. What do you? What's your perception? Thank you for sharing that. 
um, black and brown queer community in Vermont. Um, the other day, some of the people that I work with, the amazing geniuses with the big hearts um, that I work with, there's a person that I work with that grew up in New York, I think, outside of Brooklyn. Um, and she was sharing that, like, like a lot of, I think, my queer culture here is, like, affinity spaces. It's, like, people... Um, purposefully like getting together like we like we have to like make the space because it's not just like happening <laughs> like you know and, and uh, we're like moving around as like brown and black queer people and so like we like see each other sometimes but there's not like you know it's not like um permeating it's not like yeah it's it, I have to like work to find to find it and then the person that I work with was sharing that like you know um, her thoughts on affinity spaces almost being about like being many things, but one thread of them being about um, scarcity that like they are so important here because we don't have community. Mm-hmm. But when you're in like in Brooklyn or in Manhattan, like there's just more people, there's more people of color, there's more queer people. So it's like folks can just kind of like um, live their daily life and just like encounter the culture but like here it's like we have to do more working in order mm-hmm. to like encounter um like black and brown queer like culture and community so I guess I feel like it's it's isolated it's spread apart mm-hmm. like the culture is just like kind of like scattered mm-hmm. and like maybe there's some people at like colleges or universities or like mm. and there's like yeah. maybe there's the people that saying. don't yeah. work at those places so it's like everyone's kind of spread out mm. and then also um I think obviously that it's beautiful and I don't know I mean I guess it's so like sporadic in my life that I can't really even speak to it beyond that I mean maybe it's like a piecing together of like mm-hmm. <laughs> how to like survive and like feel good and and thrive and get what we need to yeah or what people need to I don't really feel comfortable like saying like we are like trying to speak for speak for everybody and then for me personally it's like simultaneously like feeling like <clears throat> part of and not part part of it like I feel like am I not like am I queer enough or like am I black enough to like be accepted into the community so then I'm just like doing my own like internal spiraling about that Mm. which is also bottomless Mm. (laughs) um when I allow it to be but in the last couple days I've just been like all right well just like who like who I am gets to be enough that's that's it like I don't I Mm. got nothing else for you this is like what my black queerness looks like right now um and like to say that feels scary because it doesn't feel like it's enough but period (laughs) yeah well I think that yeah I think that um that when you say 
few things come to mind. I feel like I've got a five-car pile up in my head, but so peeling one of the things out. Um, when you said that about not being enough, I remember the first time that I was had this wicked crush on this woman, and at that point I was living in Boston, and this was um, this was you know before Mercedes, um, <laughs> um, and um, it was a black woman. And she had this whole bunch of women that she'd hang out with. And I remember the first time I went with her to her friend's house, I, it was this weird feeling because I, you know, it was this, this woman I was intrigued with and I was mm-hmm. very attracted to, but I didn't have my head around the fact, you know, I wasn't identifying as a lesbian. Um, and I would sit in that room and, you know, they'd be laughing and joking and talking and it wasn't, you know, some of the stuff was inside jokes, you know, because they had obviously been friends for years. But I felt like it was that same feeling. I didn't feel black enough and I didn't feel queer enough in that room, you know. And so, and and I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to deal with that at that point, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, um then, you know, then, you know, flip years and years later and then sort of in Vermont and, you know, identifying as a lesbian and being in a, a relationship with a white woman, then it's like you're, you're not, you're not white enough and you haven't been a lesbian long enough or whatever. You know, it was just... You're it's, not black enough or you're not white enough? Well... No, did I say black? I mean, so, yeah. Well, you're not white enough. You're not. You're not. You're not oh, white. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that tripped me out, I remember this. I heard. Um, I was at Pearls one night, and somebody was talking about gold stars, and I was like, "What the fuck is a gold star?" And a gold star is a lesbian who's never slept with a man. I said, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Even in the lesbian community, mm-hmm. you're going to make judgments about that. And so some women are better than others. You're better lesbian because you're a gold star. I was, I was pissed. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I was <laughs> just, like, I injustice. Was, yeah. <laughs> why is there Seriously? injustice here? <laughs> yeah, why is there injustice here? And that, you know, the whole thing about, you know, prejudice in the queer community. It's like, Seriously? Really? We're going to go there? Yeah, it's like it never ends. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, um, yeah, so that's sort of, um, but um, I I do have to say um, that I, I do feel like Vermont is, um, with all its challenges, I do feel like it's a safe place a safer place to be queer. When do you most feel brown and out? I feel brown and out today. Hey. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Because we're getting to talk about all this stuff and, you know, there's the three of us in this space. And mm. so that, I feel, um, I feel validated, actually. It feels, it feels good. So... I'm feeling brown and out right now. <laughs> good, good. You know I love to hear that. You know I've got to love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. So, all right.
And I really appreciate you two taking time out to chat with me today about who you are. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This has been really fun. I was really nervous um, when we first talked about this, but uh, (laughs) you made it easy. And I'm glad I got to be with her. And so that was all very helpful. Yeah, definitely. It's fun. That was episode 12, the final episode of the second season of Round and Out. Thank you to all of our illustrious guests, and thank you to the Pride Center of Vermont for letting us record in their space. And of course, thank you for listening, and don't forget to keep an ear out for Season 3 of Brown and Out.